Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us today for another episode of Going Ringside. I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is episode 41, if you're watching through in order. And before we move on and talk about today's episode of Donald Trump's role in pro wrestling, I want to talk a little about last week's episode with Candice Michelle Beckman, the GoDaddy girl who became a WWE diva for all those years. Very nice lady. So happy she was able to join us and talk about that immediate celebrity she got following the Super Bowl in 2005 with her parody of the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction, doing that Super Bowl ad for GoDaddy that set the internet in the early internet days and the country on fire as they debated uh, whether or not it was too hot for TV. She also talks about growing up and the Bushwhackers thinking that she was hitting on them, which is kind of a funny story. You may want to go back and check it out right now. It's episode 40, wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, at the Going Ringside YouTube channel. Um, today, we are talking all about Donald Trump in pro wrestling. And let me put this disclaimer. This is not a political episode. We are not going to apologize very, very little about politics. It's all about his 25 years he was involved in the pro wrestling world. Uh, everyone looks at what happened in 2007 when he shaved Vince McMahon's head. Well, that was the end of a long road for him in pro wrestling. And we wanted to kind of document it all here. And this, keep in mind, is all well before he's involved in politics. All this happens really starting in the 1980s. And that's where we're going to start this episode today. And I want to go back to 1987. So 1987 was... Um, an important year for the World Wrestling Federation. They were three to four years into their national expansion. They had their biggest match of all time, probably the most iconic, famous match in history, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three in 1987. And that was in front of 93,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan. It was by far the biggest event they'd ever had. It was the first time they'd ever had this huge mega event Following that event in the spring of uh, 1987, all the talk was Hogan and Andre and continuing their feud, their storyline for the next year. At the same time, Donald Trump was a flashy businessman in New York City with Trump Plaza, um, and he, I think he had a lot of boxing matches at his venue, and he was really known, as you probably know, because everyone knows his story, as the flashy, I guess, maybe multimillionaire at this point um, in New York City, doing all these different things. Everyone knew him, the gold and the Trump brand and all that was really getting, taking off in the latter half of the 1980s. Vince McMahon, kind of a similar story. Another multimillionaire, primarily based in Connecticut and New York City. He had not taken on the character of Mr. McMahon. That was still 10 years later. He was still kind of known to the general public as an announcer, but behind the scenes, he was the guy who owned the company. And he was kind of a cutthroat businessman at the time, putting all his competition around the country out of business. Kind of a similar story to Donald Trump. They're almost exactly the same age. I think they're about a less than a year apart or close to it. So they're their stories kind of parallel one another. They're in the same circles in the Northeast there. And in 1988, WrestleMania 4 comes around in the first 
quarter of 1988. And they need to find a venue for where they're going to host WrestleMania 4. So they announced they're going to do it at Trump Plaza in, I think it's New Jersey technically. And I saw some write-ups that technically the event was at a building across the street, but they did everything, you know, it was marketed as it, it being at Trump Plaza. Donald Trump was there in the front row. He was heavily involved, a very visible face. And you, you remember, this is in the era when having all those celebrities at the event was a big deal. That kind of went away in the 1990s, but throughout the 1980s, having your uh, Muhammad Ali, having your Vanna White, having your Liberace and Billy Martin was big to get all those faces there. So by WrestleMania 4, Donald Trump was one of the main faces they had on the show. And so WrestleMania 4, 1988, that event is all about um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant continuing their feud. Now, technically, in real life, their feud is starting to wane because Andre Rusimov, Andre the Giant, the man, is starting to have his health problems that eventually led to his demise and death in the, later in the 1990s. But at this point, WWF is starting to try and take him, make him have less of an active role so he doesn't have to go out there and be as athletic because he's gaining all that weight his body is starting to slowly fail him, and they eventually move him into a tag team with uh, Haku. Uh, so Haku could go in the ring and do all the work, and he could stand on the rope and just kind of be a sight for everyone to see. But at this point, they're still working out that Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant storyline. And so by WrestleMania four, they have Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant, uh, and Hulk Hogan has lost his title for the first time ever since he won it in 1984. He'd held it for, I think, almost four years. And there was this, uh, this screw job with two referees and DiBiase was involved. You can go look for our Ted DiBiase episode right now if you want to know a little more about the backstory about how they stole the title from Hulk Hogan. And the title was put in flux by the old uh, quote-unquote president of the WWF, Jack Tunney. And... So they have a tournament going into WrestleMania 4, the first time they're trying this, to see who will be the new champion. And the big talk, the big storyline is still Andre Hogan. But in real life, Andre the Giant needs to be kind of put out somewhat to not as be on his own anymore because he's physically not as well as he used to be. So they have all these guys in there. Trump is there in the front row, a lot of on-camera time when he's this new flashy millionaire that's kind of the talk of the country, talk of the New York social circuit in the late 1980s. That event comes and goes. Neither Hogan nor Andre win. The eventual tournament winner is Randy the Macho Man Savage, and Randy Savage becomes the new kind of temporary face of the company alongside Hulk Hogan. And so Randy Savage wins it, and Trump has his event. The following year, from 88 and 89, the story for the WWF is what's called the Mega Powers. Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage team up and they become best of friends. And then like everything in wrestling, that changes months in and they start a feud, they separate, they start wanting to face each other. They call it the Mega Powers Explode, I think was the storyline going into WrestleMania V in 1989. The reason why WrestleMania V is important because I think the only time in history the WWF did back-to-back -back events at the same venue. 
I was kind of surprised they did this. I never really understood it. I don't think they were at the time as a company then. You know, when they announced WrestleMania now, they, you know, there's a big social media rollout, a big media rollout on their, pro on their programming to say, we're going to be in Miami next year or Phoenix or Los Angeles or Chicago. That, and you know, get your tickets now and, you know, tickets are selling out and all that. They didn't really do that as much in the late 1980s. They just said it'll be at this place. And once again, two years in a row, they went back to Trump Plaza. As you can see, the Vince McMahon-Donald Trump relationship is growing. They are becoming close um, business I don't want to say partners, but business, uh, their, their businesses align. They're probably personally close. They're very similar in, in just their lifestyle and their age. And so WrestleMania 5 in 1989 goes back to Trump Plaza. Once again, Donald Trump is there. Donald Trump is the front row. He's still a big part of it. And, um, and, and, it, and it's, a, it's a very visual landmark in the Northeast. Everyone knows about it. It's immediately brandable. So it seems like the WWF is having it at a special landmark again. That year, Hulk Hogan gets his title back. He beats Rock, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the mega powers do, in fact, explode. And they have their final, you know, big match then. And Trump is there in the middle of it. So two years back to back, they do a WrestleMania Trump Plaza. Um, so obviously, the long-term bond between the McMahons and the Trumps is there. Now, I want to point out there's some things that happen in Donald Trump's life around this time. He has his first divorce from Ivana Trump uh, in 1990. Um, and eventually he marries Marla Maples, his second wife, in 1993. So after the 89 event, that's the last time we see Donald Trump on WWF programming for many, many, many years. But he was somewhat tangentially still there because WrestleMania 7 in 1991 at this point, Hulk Hogan's still there. He's lost the title again. And Sergeant Slaughter does arguably the most controversial wrestling angle in history when he turns his back on America and aligns himself in storyline with Saddam Hussein during the initial Gulf War. This was very controversial. I remember Sergeant Slaughter, the real man, Robert Remus. I've heard the stories that they had to give him security because there was so much real-life outrage for him doing this storyline, turning his back on America and aligning himself with America's enemy, Saddam Hussein, during the first Gulf War. It's extremely controversial. To this day, I'm kind of surprised WWF did it, but they did. And the big event was Sergeant Slaughter versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 7 in 1991. And the guest timekeeper, because as I say, this is still in that era where they're really building their, their big marquee Super Bowl of wrestling, WrestleMania based on how many celebrities they can have at the event. That year, Marla Maples, who I assume is Donald Trump's girlfriend at this point, and eventual wife, is the guest timekeeper. So Trump, the specter of Trump was still kind of there in the WWF into 91. Now, after that, we don't see Donald Trump again for 16 years in wrestling programming. Um, a lot was going on at this point. Vince McMahon was fresh off his uh, federal trial tr over steroid scandal and whether or not he was distributing anabolic steroids to his talent. He barely won in court, but he did win. I probably should do a full episode on it. Um, and he kept his company. He kept his freedom. And he beat the federal government in court, as he has bragged about for decades. And the WWF was also changing its business model. 
Hulk Hogan eventually leaves the company months after this in 93 and does not return for many, many years. So they start building their brand around new, younger talent. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, eventually Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that guy, Dwayne Johnson The Rock, when he shows up in 1996. And they become less celebrity-centered on their on their programming. They did have one event, I remember, when Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy were, uh, you know, accompanying Shawn Michaels to the ring. So they would do some celebrities. Uh, Lawrence Taylor eventually uh, fought Bam Bam Bigelow. It's an actual main event as a WrestleMania. But as far as getting those celebrities by the Attitude Era of the late 1990s, their product had become so incredibly popular in the mainstream, they didn't need the celebrities. They didn't need that rub from celebrities. Eventually, by the 2000s, after the Austin and Rock era is finished and they start getting into the ruthless aggression era of John Cena, that starts to change and they start to bring back celebrities to their marquee product each year. Celebrities like Shaquille O'Neal, celebrities like Floyd Mayweather, both of whom coincidentally feuded with the big show. But in 2007, when Donald Trump is in the middle of his time doing The Apprentice on NBC, as he argued it was the highest rated show on television, I don't know if that's accurate, but that's something he would say. They bring him back in what was billed as the Battle of the Billionaires, because in 2007 they were well into the character of Mr. McMahon. Vince McMahon had become the evil quote-unquote billionaire. When he, by the late 90s, early 2000s, when he finally officially became a billionaire from his company doing so well, he became the evil owner. That was his character. He would wear his power suit and walk to the ring and, set and fire people left and right. Ironically, Donald Trump essentially had the same character on TV. When his branded quote from The Apprentice was, you're fired. So you essentially have two battles of the billionaire. You have two billionaires, two guys who wear power suits, who act like jerks on TV to people who work for them, and fire people. That's what they were both known for. So it was a natural feud. And you have to know Vince McMahon was involved in bringing Trump in because they had become friends for almost 20 years at this point, starting back, as we said, in 1988. Now, Trump was still involved a lot in Miss Universe and, I think, boxing. I don't know if he had really gotten involved in UFC yet, but that was obviously a, still a big thing for him. And so they come back and do what's called Battle of the Billionaires, and that was going to be the marquee event at WrestleMania in 2007. And so they have Trump show up on their programming. And every time he comes down, he wears his trench coat, his power suit, and he's escorted by the two most beautiful women they have to offer in the company. I think maybe Tori Wilson and Candace Michelle at the time. I'm, not a, I'm honestly not sure who would escort him. And they would have him come down to the ring with the song, Money, 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 which I think is uh, Shane McMahon's old theme music. And he and Vince would just face off. They're both about the same size. They both have these iconic heads of hair, which is important. Trump's hair is extremely well-known. McMahon's hair is extremely well-known, and they face off in the middle of the ring. And Trump's just there just doing his usual shtick. Uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm rich and I'm powerful and I'm Donald Trump. And McMahon is playing every bit the angry billionaire because he knows he needs to be the physical one. Donald Trump is not a trained fighter. Vince McMahon has been in numerous wrestling matches at this point. Brutal stuff he's done. So he plays it up like they're going to fight, they're going to fight, they're going to fight. 
and they face off in the middle of the ring. And they both bring this billionaire gravitas in their characters when they face off. It is a natural feud. It worked well for the WWF at this time. You have two essentially kind of alpha males in their world facing off. And so what do they decide to do? Well, Donald Trump's not actually going to wrestle. So they pick a wrestler to represent each guy. Donald Trump picks Bobby Lashley. Vince McMahon picks Umaga. Bobby Lashley, this powerful, I think, ex uh, you know, ex-military guy, extremely strong. Umaga is their biggest monster in the company right now uh, from the islands, and his character is this island savage, and those are going to represent the two guys at the ring. They have a press conference. Now, WWE does their press conferences that sometimes get some mainstream press, Many times it doesn't. This one did. They had Trump and McMahon facing off. And of course, because you have these two huge celebrities facing off, you need to add another celebrity in the middle. Umaga and Bobby Lashley were, you know, top wrestlers, but they needed the biggest wrestler they had to be in the middle of all this. So they bring who is arguably their biggest star of all time to be in the middle of it. And that would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is kind of the, uh, the referee there. And he's there in the, and there's the images at the press conference of Austin right in the middle of McMahon and Trump. And McMahon, you know, he knows how to put on a show for a wrestling press conference. He starts fighting with security, just goes lunatic, like he wants to fight Trump so bad. He's got to build up his show. He's a natural promoter, as is Trump. So they knew how to get the, you know, get the media talking about their product that was going to be happening at WrestleMania 2007. Both men, McMahon and Trump, are both showmen. You know this because you've watched both of them for decades. So, the event happens. And I think a lot of wrestling fans were surprised how much, how involved Trump was. He goes down to the ring again in a suit. McMahon's there and Trump is there like screaming on his guy at ringside, you know, hitting the mat, shaking the ropes. And then he does the thing that has been played on television ever since Donald Trump really got into politics. That was toward the end of the match. Trump goes around, jumps on Vince McMahon, and starts punching him in the face over and over and over. When I show this to average non-wrestling fans, they're like, I didn't know Donald Trump did this. I know, because no one pays attention to anything that's not politics with him. But yeah, he's beating Vince McMahon up on the floor. And then eventually Lashley wins. So... As I said, the hair was important because this was a hair versus hair match. It's old school wrestling at its most basic. Someone's going to lose their hair. The loser's going to lose their hair. They've done it in wrestling for decades. And both these guys' hair was so iconic for their brand and their image. One of them losing their hair was like a big deal. We knew it wasn't going to be Trump. Trump's not going to shave his head. We knew Vince McMahon was going to lose. I think you could read between the lines if you're a fan. So Austin, Trump, and Lashley, they bring in a barber chair and they do it all up. I went through this when I shaved my hair on the news uh, about 12 years ago. So I, I know what this process is like. Um, and so they hold Vince in the, sh in, the, in the chair and he's cussing and he's spitting and he's pissed off. And they bring out the shears and the three of them hold him down and start shaving his head. And it was a big change because he had that big, iconic, good head of hair. Uh, and they just shaved it off. He looked totally different. As Vince eventually said, he was the ugliest bald man that had ever been seen. But that wasn't the end for Trump of that night. Something else happened that often gets forgotten, 
because Trump entered politics and no one remembers it because they remember the politics. Steve Austin stunned Donald Trump. At the end, the Austin's doing his thing where he's drinking beer, handing beer to everyone. Everyone's going to drink beer and give each other a beer bath. But right at the end, Austin kicks Donald Trump in the stomach and does one of the worst performed uh, stunners he's ever done. But it worked, and he laid out Donald Trump. And Donald Trump took a stunner. So that was by far the thing that has gotten the most press over the years when this whole event happened. It was unreal. Uh, it was one of the more iconic events in WWF history, WWE history at this point, rather. So we do see Trump show up again a few more times. In 2009, um, they're doing this every week. They have a celebrity guest host on Monday Night Raw. And then in storyline, they say, like, there's breaking news. Oh, my God, we can't believe it. Donald Trump has purchased WWE, he bought it from Vince McMahon. He now owns the company. And he was the guest that week on Raw. And obviously it rekindles his and McMahon's feud because you know this feud is very important to McMahon. I don't think I've ever seen him in many feuds with celebrities, but he wanted to be in this one. And in McMahon, or Trump now owned the company in storyline. And they feuded for a few weeks. Eventually Vince was able to you know, bring it back. I think at this point Trump was escorted to the ring maybe by the Bella Twins. I can't remember exactly who escorted him to the ring. And so he had a few weeks there with WWE when he quote unquote bought the company. We do see Donald Trump again in WWE programming one more time when something controversial to this day happens. He's inducted into the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame in 2013. Now Vince usually doesn't speak at this event, but this year he did. He only does it for very high-profile people. Maybe, I think he might have inducted Austin. Um, he inducted Donald Trump. He went out and did the speech ahead of time. And Trump's family was there. At this point, he's married to the family that we know today. Um, uh, his wife um, and, and his children are there, and Vince introduces them. Um, and I don't know what was going on in the world at this point because I was surprised. In 07, Trump was cheered a lot. In 09, he was cheered by the fan base. Now, I know he got partly involved in politics in around 2012 um, and, and considered a Republican run, and he pulled back and didn't do it when Romney was the nominee for the GOP. And I know he was in the middle of that feud with Rosie O'Donnell he had, so I was, I was intrigued because he was not in politics yet. He was booed heavily by the fan base when he did his speech. And, he, and you know Trump, he, he played off the audience. You're like, you're booing me? What are you booing me for? But it was intriguing to me that he was booed. I, I couldn't really figure out why. I didn't know what was happening in the real world at this point. If he had, be, if he had been considered political in nature or if it was something with the Rosie O'Donnell, I just don't know, but he was booed pretty heavily by the fan base um, at the 2013 Hall of Fame. Um, Milani was there. I was blanking on his wife. I'm sorry. I didn't say her name earlier because I was focused. we had been talking about his uh, previous marriages to Mar uh, Marla Maples and Ivana Trump, um, um, Melania Trump. That's, I meant to say, his wife's name earlier, former first lady, of course. Um, but it was intriguing that he was booed, but he was... He was um, he was inducted, but 
The thing I noticed, because I just watched this induction ceremony, and something that I did not know about that fascinated me. Keep in mind, this is 2013, two years before Donald Trump enters politics, three years before he's elected president. Look at this quote from Vince McMahon that you, to my director, you can put it on the screen, about when he introduces Donald Trump. Once again, this is 2013, three years before he's elected, well before we ever know he's serious about running for president. Quote, when you think about it, second only to me, Donald might very well be a great president of the United States. I was intrigued that McMahon decided to say that. Like, maybe this was an indication that Trump had been thinking about this for a while. We know he talked about it in 2012, but no one ever knew that it was real until 2015 and 2016. But the fact that McMahon, one of his closest friends in the real world, and I d documented this a lot, we have done politics and pro wrestling. That's one of our early episodes. You can look up in the archives right now. I noted when Trump used to be on Twitter, um, and McMahon was more active on Twitter, which is X today, I, I looked once at who they followed. Trump followed, and this was when he was in the White House, um, politicians, his family, and Vincent McMahon. McMahon only followed a few, couple dozen people. His family, a few top wrestlers in the company, like we're talking top, like John Cena, The Rock, uh, Austin, and Donald Trump. I think they're very close. And that was evidenced when Trump was eventually elected. And I said, we're not going to get into politics, but I do want to mention this. And this is mentioned more in depth in our political episode. You can back, go back and look at in the archives right now. Um, he put Vince McMahon's wife, he puts Linda McMahon in his cabinet. She was the secretary of the Small Business Administration. She was, uh, there was a McMahon in the White House during the Trump presidency. So it shows how close they were. But that is essentially the history of Donald Trump in wrestling. 25 years. I, I say to a lot of the, you know, we tape out of Channel 4 here in Jacksonville. I've talked to a lot of people who are not fans, and I mentioned, you know, Trump is involved in wrestling. And they just, I, I don't, I think there's a disconnect how entrenched he was with this company for a quarter century before he got into politics. Like, very close. Like, he, he's involved in three WrestleManias. There's very few people ever who have been involved in that much. He was. Um, so we kind of wanted to document his timeline with the company, with that industry. Um, to this day, his induction to the Hall of Fame is um, controversial because of politics, as you can imagine. I mean, he's a lightning rod for uh, controversy in the political world. So there is controversy on whether or not, you know, he should remain in the, um, you know, the Hall of Fame for political reasons. You know, he's, everyone debates politics and we're not going to do that here, but it does happen. Um, but he is an indicator. He's not the only celebrity. There have been major celebrities that have been really changed this industry from Andy Kaufman in the early 1980s to Mr. T being part of the rock and wrestling connection with Cindy Lauper and really changing that industry to Dennis Rodman with the NWO later on. And as I mentioned, guys like Lawrence Taylor. So we want to discuss that further. I brought in our brain trust here at Going Ringside, our producing our producers, Rory Thompson and Jason Mealy, kind of discuss some of these iconic celebrities who have been part of the wrestling world and see who's the most iconic. And we also discuss a little bit Taylor Swift. Is she going to be showing up at Mania this spring? We'll debate it right here. Let's get to it. Let's roll it right now, our debate of the greatest celebrities ever to enter the world of pro wrestling. 
Well, I'm joined now by the Brain Trust here at Going Ringside, Rory Thompson, our producer, and Jason Mealy, our producer here at the show. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we want to talk about the big celebrities overall in the history, but let's keep on the subject we've been talking about here. That's Donald Trump, former President Trump. Um, the debate over Hall of Fame. I don't think it's a debate that's ever going to go away as long as he's in politics. Do you think WWE ever really takes it seriously on whether or not he should be taken out of the Hall of Fame? The only reason would be obviously political debate in nature. A lot of people would like him in. A lot of people would not like him in. So what are your thoughts? I think he stays in. He still has his walk, his star in the Walk of Fame. It, it, it is all, all political. And now the caveat to this is now if it was Vince McMahon still owning it, then maybe he stays, but now that it's a corporate entity, does that corporate entity fold and uh, kind of cave into some pressure? But I, I don't see any reason to take him out. And, and honestly, how seriously is the WWE Hall of Fame? True. Rory, <laughs> would you ever see, now that Vince is no longer the technically the head man, do you think they'd honor Vince's wishes, or do you think it's hard to say with the new company it is? Um, it's definitely hard to say. I think there would just have to be a big, like, like a boycott or something that's like, we want Trump out to force anything. I don't think, WWE's never been the one to like make political stances. Like, I mean, they have, but not like in this form. So I don't think they're gonna take him out. That's all, and I don't wanna get too political, but I just was <laughs> kinda curious. Um, but I wanna get on to, Donald Trump obviously has been an iconic celebrity as far as his images of shaving Vince McMahon's head, taking a stunner from Austin. But let's talk about some of the other iconic images and memories of celebrities in wrestling. Rory, let me start with you. Big celebrity gets, you think, for WWE? Um, well, I, I think I come from more of a younger generation. So for me, like seeing Ronda Rousey come to WWE, some of the football players like Travis Kelsey come to WWE, those are kind of like some of the big ones. Whoa, 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 whoa. time out. Travis Kelsey hasn't come yet, has he? Oh, he hasn't come yet, but he's been there. There's he's been, been talk there. that he, he's, if Grayson Waller has his way. Yeah, he's been there. Um, but yeah, Ronda Rousey is probably number one, I think. She, I mean, she was a fighter outside of WWE, so getting her in a WWE thing, that boosted WWE's women division. So Logan Paul's kind of the same thing on the male side, wouldn't you say? Well, well I guess he wasn't a fighter before, necessarily. Well, he's had um, experience as a wrestler, and he does boxing. You know, he fought Floyd Mayweather. Sure. Um, so I think having Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, those two guys right now are kind of leading the charge for the celebrities. But, um, you know, I definitely would love to see another woman come, you know, from out... So maybe a Taylor Swift. To maybe a Taylor Swift. Maybe a Taylor Swift. So there's that rumor that she used to babysit Jeff Jarrett's kids. Is there anything to that? Do we know? Uh, I'm not uh, Jeff Jarrett's a great storyteller. <laughs> so I, I want to know. I don't know if he's trying know. to kayfabe us on this. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Well, really we would quick, need to see proof. Really quickly, you mentioned Floyd Mayweather. Now, he wrestled Big Show at a WrestleMania a number of years back. I just don't see it as memorable. It, it was great buildup. It was wonderful buildup with you know the size difference and everything. Did you think that it, that Floyd Mayweather ever made the impact of others? It's it's probably a one and done. You know, you, you I almost forgot about it until you mentioned it. Yeah. Or you know, every once in a while you'll see you'll see the highlights of it. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if it's one of the more memorable standouts. So, so Jason, who would be some of your memorable standouts? You know, uh, and I'm, you're the older generation. I'm like the me. older generation. I wasn't around for this. Yes. But. I've got to go Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Mid-South. Didn't see Mid-South going up. I was, I, was in the, I was in the Northeast Territory. But what happened up. on David Letterman is still memorable and played to this day. The Letterman, there's movies about it. 
There's yep, a refer there's a yep. reference to Andy Kaufman gone wrestling in an REM song. And Jerry Lawler even said when they were shooting Man on the Moon, all those years later, Kaufman is 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 dead and gone, and his parents were still into the thought of this guy was trying to hurt our son. And, and Lawler says in this documentary, you know, I went over to talk to them and like let them know what was up, and a lot of this was Andy's ideas. Really? Yeah, so he's like, and they, I mean, when you make an entire Hollywood movie starring Jim Carrey, that means you really made an yeah, impact and, as a wrestler. I mean, all those years later, and, you know, the, the parents of Andy Kaufman still didn't know and thought it was real. So I have been of the impression that I think possibly the most influential celebrity turned wrestler of all time because the impact he made is Mr. T. I talked to Devon Dudley about that, and he said Mr. T was yeah. iconic. Do you think Mr. T was important? Because he was really there with Hulk Hogan. When and that's a good point that, that built up to WrestleMania 1, and that is one where I was around for and, and seeing the book. Yeah. I mean, my parents wasn't buying the pay-per-view, <laughs> but I remember the Saturday Night Main Event, the Mr. T, Roddy Piper leading up to the, to the main event, and just how much he hated Piper and, and rooted for Mr. T, and I still remember that, and hard, hard to... Uh, you know, that still gets talked about to this day, how many years later. And Rory, what about Shaq? Shaq has been on again, off again with both WWE and AEW. Um, you know, Shaq is honestly such a big celebrity, but I don't know, I feel like none of his bills have been as great as in WWE, but his AEW match, you know, he, he fought- He went through a table. He went through a table and yeah. that was here. Um, at Daly's place, and I remember seeing it and just being like, this is crazy. I mean, it was against Cody Rose and Brandy Rose, and he fought with Jay Cargill. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that, like, match. And I think Shaq is someone where, like, anything he does makes noise, but I wouldn't say he's, like, the most memorable part of Do wrestling. Do you think that kind of put Jade Cargill at the next level? When she could, be, I mean, Jade Cargill, when she went to WWE, has been given a lot of fanfare. Mm -hmm. Do you think tagging with Shaq made her I, as an A-list figure. I don't think it was her tagging with Shaq. It was more her beefing with Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. Okay. Because that that beef, like, there's videos of her her promo with um, Brandy is, like, iconic in AEW lore, and I think that really showed her, you know, prowess as a wrestler and as someone on promo, and I think that's what's going to... I think that's kind of what helped get her signed with WWE, just because that right there, I didn't even watch AEW at this time, but I saw that everywhere. So I think that helped her get there. So I think these celebrities are going to help, you know, the talent right now we're seeing it with Logan Paul. He's doing a, a you know, what is it, the United States Championship tournament, and it's bringing up a lot of younger talent. So I think these, these uh, you know, celebrities are going to help bridge the gap okay, between Okay, well, let's go back to and close the segment with what you've talked about earlier. We're almost to mania season. Around the Royal Rumble is when the buildup begins. Is this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing really possible? Don't see that happen. You don't see it happening? I, I think Taylor's... Look, well, I mean, I'll just say that... Taylor's on a tour and making too much money, and but, I don't uh, see Travis that. will be... The NFL season, by February, one way or the other, will be over for him. But you don't see it? I, I, don't, I don't see them doing that. No. Uh, WWE... This year, the last few years, has done a lot of stuff that's just been like, we didn't think it was possible. I mean, CM Punk is back. We didn't think it was possible just a couple months ago. So I'm not going to say it's never say never. Honestly, if Taylor Swift comes out of nowhere and does like a, you know, a 
just a just punching somebody. I think that would be crazy. Uh, if she's there, I guarantee you, it's there's not it's not going to be a surprise entrant. There will be build up for months about they, it. They would want to market that. Yeah, know? they're going to market that as much as possible. Rory, Jason, thanks so much. So talking the big celebrities all time in pro wrestling. So that was our debate on the greatest celebrities of all time. But before we sign off, I do want to send this message to former President Trump, if you see this. You're welcome on the show anytime. I can guarantee you if you come on, I will be the only interviewer in America who will not ask you about politics at all. We want to know about the time that Steve Austin gave you a stunner. You shaved Vince McMahon's head, hanging out with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in 1988 and 89. What's with all the UFC fights and hanging out with Kid Rock and Mel Gibson and Dana White? Tell us all about it. We want to know. Once again, if you come on, I can guarantee the only interview where we don't need to talk about politics. Your people know how to get in touch. Well, thanks for watching this episode of Going Ringside. So glad you could be with us. We will see you back here next week. Have a great week. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.